In today's show, I'm doing my second NBA mock draft for the 2021 NBA draft. This time, we're going through all 30 first round picks. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I hope you guys have been enjoying the NBA draft content this week. We've covered 24 prospects so far. You're going to have another 24 get covered next week. But today it's time for my second mock draft. So I did a first mock draft straight after the draft lottery. A lot more information has been taken in since then, discussing it with guys like Raphael, guys like Sam, doing a lot of reading of other guys across the internet and you're looking at film and tape of these guys. So there are some changes. We're also doing a full first round in today's show, which, by the way, today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So we're looking at the full first round, all 30 picks of this mock draft. And I encourage you to tell me what you think of this draft down below. This is not my prediction. Again, got to really put this out there. I'm not predicting what teams will do. This is what I would do if I was sitting in the GM's chair for each of these teams. And this will change over the four, three or four more mock drafts I'm going to do before the draft as I gather more info, think about things a little bit more. Um, So it's a gradual process. So this is number 2.0. I do encourage your feedback though. So let's get into pick number one. This is not changing. I guarantee you that. Cade Cunningham is going at number one. To the Detroit Pistons, he's a 6'8 guard. You can see his numbers up on the screen if you are watching this on on the video feed. Um, Don't be, as I said before in the shows already, don't be worried by those low assist numbers. He's an elite level passer, and when his teammates hit shots, that number's going to go up. Pretty good defender. Shot really well, which was the biggest concern about Cunningham. He's a great scorer, a great passer. I think that he has a real shot. Now, would never draft him here, but in fantasy, of being a top 35 guy as a rookie. Percentages will be the worry, but I think he's going to have some big numbers. And he's probably going to be a perennial top 10 fantasy guy, would be my guess, over the course of his career. Absolutely no-brainer decision to me to pick Cade Cunningham at number one. Others will disagree with that, but I think Cade, to me, is the clear guy there at number one on the draft board. No, again, that's, I, don't, I, don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's too much of a shock or too much of a surprise. If you do think someone else should be ahead of Cade Cunningham, please. Drop it in the comments. Let me know who you think it should be. Uh, Give a reason if you so choose as well as to who that guy would be. Now, here is a change from my last mock draft. We're going to go to pick number two. Houston has this pick. I'm changing it up. I'm going with Evan Mobley. Now, normally, I'm not a big let's take a center in the early parts of the draft guy. I was anti-Bagley, Aiton, not not high on those guys. Um, Yeah, not interested in taking a center usually at the top of a draft. Just... Just not interested in it. But when I look at Mobley, I look at a guy that doesn't have that replaceability that so many centers have. I think he can be a really good defender. I think he can be a really good offensive player. He's a passer. He can shoot a little bit. And I think all those things will work really well in his favor. Now, having a good center, Joel Embiid, 
Anthony Davis, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. That's great. Having a good to average center, well, there are 40 of those guys that you can plug and play into that area. That's why I wasn't you know, high on Bagley or high on Aiton. And I'm sure there's other centers that are in my head that I, I can't you know, f- think of, of at the time. Of me, James Wiseman, for example. Um, yeah, Mobley to me is a significantly better option than, say, James Wiseman at this position. So he is the guy that I would be taking here for Houston. I know they have Christian Wood. Christian Wood is not the guy that you, you know, change what you're doing for. You don't say, well, we have to build around Christian Wood. I don't think anyone on this Houston team is the guy you build around. The guy that they pick at number two is the guy they build around. I really did. I had Jalen Suggs here last time. I would debate Jalen Green here also. And I think I'll probably go back and forth on this quite a bit. But I think Mobley can play with Wood for a little bit. And then he takes over that spot full time and really develops into, I think he can really become a, a fantasy monster to a top 20 sort of player in the next three seasons would be my guess for Evan Mobley as he is. Uh, he's my number two pick going across there to the Houston Rockets. Let's now look at pick number three. I'm going with Jalen Green. Yes, so Jalen Green. This was number three last time was Evan Mobley. We're going with Jalen Green to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know they have Colin Sexton. I know they have Darius Garland, but that doesn't matter. Cleveland is not in a position where you go, well, we're set at point guard because we've got Garlo. We're set at point guard, uh, shooting guard because we've got Sexton because they're not. Those guys are solid. They're showing good good glimpses, but you get green. And if that pushes Garland into a secondary role, if it pushes Sexton into a secondary role, which most likely it would, then so be it. You have three guards who play 32, 32, 30 minutes a night. Sexton comes in as a 27% usage guy off the bench and averages 18 points Jordan Clarkson style. Sure. And green is a 26-point Donovan Mitchell type lead guard. Yeah, I really think just getting the best talent there and look, if Mobley falls, it's fantastic for Cleveland. And he probably will in certain situations. And some of my moxie will. And they would snap him up. But your choice is between Green and Suggs here. And you could go either one there. I just think take... I did have Suggs higher last mock, but I am going to take Green in this one. I just think that elite scoring, wing creation. There is something there, maybe defensively. I'm a little bit worried about his defense. There is something there that can come defensively for him. But... Overall, I'm just really excited to see what uh, what he can do, uh, hopefully develop alongside Garland. And maybe it's behind Sexton initially. Maybe they could play all three together. Green is 6'5", probably unlikely. And then you've got Isaac Okoro there providing the uh, the defensive side of things. Guys, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place your bets on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at Bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Use our promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Um, all right. Just to do, I'm just going to bring my next screen up because this is the first time I've done this with the, the ads live on the screen, but here we are. So let's uh, let's bring this back over onto the screen here. As we uh, as now look at pick number four is the one that is, uh, that is coming up for us. And uh, it's Toronto, obviously, um, in this position. The Raptors lucked out, jumped forward into the uh, into the lottery, and yeah, you're left with really one decision. 
to, to take here. And I think it has to be Jalen Suggs that, that is his selection for Toronto. Yes, Fred Van Vliet is there. Yes, Malachi Flynn is there. Yes, Gary Trent's restricted rights are there. But you don't pass up Jalen Suggs because you've got Gary Trent. Gary Trent's best role is as a sixth man. Malachi Flynn, maybe he could be a starter, but you don't pass up Suggs because of that. And Suggs, he's bigger than Fred Van Vliet. They can share ball handling responsibilities. I think they would work together really well. Suggs is a really good defender. High steal rate. Um, you worry a little bit about some of his shooting numbers and shooting volume, and the low usage is a bit of a concern. But with Siakam there, with Van Vliet there, they're handling a lot of the scoring. You've got Ananobi to help out defensively. I think it's an absolutely perfect scenario. Toronto's not going to be worried about any of these guys falling. They'll take whoever it is. But at, uh, at number four, Suggs, I think, really works well for what this Raptors team would need to, to fit in there. And I think it's a really, really smart... Uh, smart. I made the pick. So am I saying that I made a smart pick? No, I think it would be smart if they made that selection there again. I don't think anyone else should be really jumping into consideration there for the Raptors at number four. Now, after that, that's where things start to get just a little bit hairy. What do we do at number four? To me, there's a clear four. There's a clear one. Then there's a clear three. Next, guys. Mobley. Green, Suggs. Those guys are clear next to me. Now what the hell happens? In my first mock, I had Jonathan Kaminga going at five. I'm not convinced. In fact, he's not going to be going at five in this mock. Orlando has the fifth pick. Scotty Barnes, people are mentioning him there. I don't really buy that. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. I think that the next 10 to 15 guys are within a bee's dick of each other. You can make sort of differences. And I'm going to go back and forth in this area of the draft a lot. It's really tough. So pick number five in this mock draft, the Orlando Magic are selecting. Can you guess it? Write it down in the comments if you can guess who it is. Moses Moody out of Arkansas. A 6'6 guard wing. He's 19 years of age. He averaged 17 points. He hit two threes per game. Did it on you? Not too high usage. He can defend okay on the perimeter. He's a replacement for an Ivan Fournier. He can play at the three as well. You've got Isaac. We can't trust his knees. You've got Cole Anthony. You've got Chuma Akiki, RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter. There's a lot of young players there, but none of them are. The only guy you'd say was close to establish is Isaac, and now his knees are rooted. Hampton showed flashes. Anthony showed flashes. Moody might show flashes. Just load up on these perimeter wing guys that can help you score. You know, if, can you get an Anthony Hampton, Moody, Isaac, Carter combination at some point? A Kiki playing bench minutes, Fultz, who knows where his knee's at. Um, you know, how do these guys all fit together? Do Fultz and Anthony start? Just adding to that group, I think getting Moody in there. Look, there's no one position on this team where I go, they need this player. Because I could make the argument, you got Anthony, Fultz, Hampton to fit the one and the two. A Kiki, Isaac at the three and the four. Carter, Bumber at the, at the five. You know, Hampton can play up at the three. Yeah, Moody, yeah, probably the biggest hole is at that three position because Isaac and Akiki are probably best suited to the four. And I think Moody can play the three. He is six foot six, decent wingspan, okay defensive production, good shooter. I think it, I think it works. But it is a tough, tough position to try and work out what to do at number five. Pick number six. That's the next spot. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, had some pretty bad lottery luck falling down to number six and also not getting the Houston Rockets selection. So they, uh, they're they not feeling particularly great about that, I wouldn't imagine. A tough one as well. We know the Thunder aren't really going anywhere in the next year or two. If they had got pick one, maybe they would have accelerated that timeline, but at pick six, they're not going to do that. 
So I picked number one, uh, pick number one, pick number six. This guy's jumped up a lot in my mock draft. I'm just taking an elite talent and I'm taking Josh Giddy from the Adelaide 36ers. And when I say an elite talent, I mean an elite individual skill, passing. He's a six foot eight point guard, wing initiator, whatever you want to call Kate Cunningham, Josh Giddy is the same. Six foot eight point guard who had some struggles with his shot. It did start to come on towards the end of the season down in Australia. We did start to see that that uh, that come on. But look at those in a men's league, 30 plus minutes, 11, 7.5 and 7.5. The shooting is a worry, but did it on low usage? There is real upside in his passing. And there's an argument that he's the best passer in this draft class. Maybe it's Sharif, maybe it's um, uh, Cade, but Giddy's up there. The Thunder do have Shea Gildas-Alexander, but he can obviously... He's not... Shea is not the passer that Giddy is. He's he's a lead scorer, and Shea's probably more suited to be a a one who is more of a scorer. And Giddy and Shea, I think, would work together really well. Giddy, does, he, he's slow, but he moves the ball quickly and makes up for that. And athleticism is not just about being fast on the court, right? He does, His brain works fast, and that makes up for it. Luka Doncic, James Harden, those sort of guys, they work uh, on, on, that sort of, um, on that sort of athleticism area. So I've got Giddy going there. You know, I'm not sold on Darius Baisley. I'm not even, I'm not sold on Alexei Pokyashevsky. You know, Lou Dort, maybe, he, I think he's a solid starter, but he's not a superstar. Teo Maladon, the salt flake, Theo Maladon. Like, you're not sold on any of these guys, but Giddy, Shea, Dort, Pokyashevsky, millions of draft picks coming later on. I just think getting a guy like this with his talent who can blossom into a starter, I, I think it's something that you really, really have to um, that you really have to be looking into, it. and that's yeah, exactly what I would be uh, exactly what I'd be doing if I was uh, if I was the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I am not, but if I was, that's what I'd do. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know, regular protein bars that they taste like it's something you scraped off the bottom of your shoe. At times, it's not particularly enjoyable, and you know, these bars, they taste like candy bars, like a delicious treat that you're indulging in while still looking after your body. Nine delicious flavors currently, and they bring out limited time flavors all the time. Coconut, cherry, coconut almond, mint brownie, raspberry. They're just some of the brilliant flavors over there. And if you don't know which one to get, get a mixed box. You get 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each flavor. And most of these flavors are 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, so back into the mock draft at number seven. We've got the Golden State Warriors with the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. I'm, I, I made this pick and I did this mock draft and I'm not convinced. And I'm pretty sure for mock draft 3.0, which will come next week, you're going to have a different pick at number seven. At number seven for the Warriors, I'm taking Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Johnson is a 6'4 guard wing. He's 19 years of age. He started playing basketball late. He's insanely athletic. He's quite a good defender. The shooting, though, is a concern. That's a real worry. But he can chase down block. He can hound guys on the perimeter. And I think while you talk about the Warriors need someone to win now, whoever a rookie is, right, very rarely does a rookie come in and contribute to winning basketball. Very, very rarely. Right? So you could say, well, throw in Davion Mitchell. He's 23, so therefore he's going to contribute to winning. Maybe. Jimmy Fredette was 23 when he came in. Did he contribute to winning? The answers are clearly, it's clearly no. 
Buddy Heald was 38 when he came into the league. Did he contribute to winning as a rookie? Has he contributed to winning now? No. So there's no guarantee that that's the case. But Johnson, just through raw athleticism, throwing another wing guy out there, and you're going to have Clay back. You're going to have Steph there. You're going to have Draymond there. You're throwing out... Uh, you're going to have Wiggins there. Keon Johnson can come and play some of those minutes that Ubre, because he's going to be gone, was playing. Some of the Bazemore minutes as a wing defender. And then you try and develop him up. You're not relying upon him for a huge role. But I just think, again, upside is an upside swing. It's not as bad. Of, look, it's not like a situation last year where they drafted James Wiseman. Because, oh, we need a center. And we need to rely on an 18-year-old raw rookie to fill that hole. Giggity. Which was never going to work out. This is just like, okay, well, let's load up. Let's get wings. Let's see what happens. We're not trusting him to be the, the missing piece because no rookie is going to be that. And if a rookie does contribute, then you're just extraordinarily lucky. And I just think taking key on there is an upside swing. But again, I'm not really convinced on it. And I'm almost certain that in my next mock draft, that is going to change at pick number seven. But that's where we're at at the moment. But I think a little bit more research on that might, uh, might change my mind. But I know heaps of you are going to hate that one. You're going to hate having Keon Johnson there. And that's fine. I'm open to uh, criticism. Now, at pick number eight, this guy, the Orlando Magic. They're back at pick number eight. They picked Moses Moody last time. Now, last time in my mock draft, they picked Kaminga at five and Moody at eight. So am I going to go back and go with Moody at five and Kaminga at eight this time, or am I going to change it up? No, I am going to go with the new, the new Barnsley. Scotty Barnes. Now, last time he was, I didn't even have him in my lottery mock draft, which was a mistake, I think. But I also don't know what the hell Scott Barnes is. Um, well, I know what he is. He's a 6'9 point guard slash power forward center who cannot shoot at all. But he can play maybe like Draymond Green as a very, very good defender as a very good passer and vision guy, as a good setup player who's got no offense whatsoever. Bad free throws. Yeah, good overall finishing numbers, but I'm not sure that's going to be a thing for him in the NBA. His usage will be low. Again, the magic, I think there's that slight hole at the 3-4 type area. Barnes can handle. He can move up to play at the 5, small ball, with Wendell and John Isaac, which John Isaac and uh, Scotty Barnes as a defensive front court. Holy shit. And then throw in a Kiki there. It's really shutting some blokes down. You're still running to that shooting problem that they have. But I just think you're getting Barnes here probably makes some sense for them just to take an upside swing just in case he figures it out. Now, I think the odds of him figuring it out are minuscule. Like, it's very, very little in terms of three-point shooting. But there are ways that players like that can do some stuff. Andre Iguodala was extraordinarily impactful. Draymond Green. Jimmy Butler's a bad shooter. Still is a bad shooter. But he gets there by getting to the line and hitting those at a good level. Not Barnes isn't that sort of player yet. But I'm taking Scott Barnes at number eight. I know he's called Scotty, but I just like calling him Scott, and I don't know why. Scott Barnes, the 19-year-old, 6'9", point guard power forward center. Literally every position, I think we have uh, Barnes listed. He could be one of those guys in fantasy that gets the designation across every position in a couple of years' time. So now we head to Sacramento with pick number nine. And... I think the Kings probably would have taken Barnsley if he was available in this mock, but he's not. So instead, they're taking John Kaminga, who has fallen in this mock. Kaminga was a horrible shooter last year for the G League Ignite. He had a 39% field goal, 63 from the line. I do think he's a better shooter than that. He's got the frame. I think he's got the defensive ability, decent shot blocker, good rebounder. The Kings need forwards for sure. 
You know, can he be that Harrison Barnes replacement moving forward? Yes. Fox, Halliburton, Kaminga as a trio. Yeah, I'm not. Look, I think there's a chance that Kaminga doesn't even develop into a starting caliber guy in three years' time. That's a real possibility. But he could also really figure out the shooting and just be an absolute wing terror. I don't think developing in Sacramento is always the best way to go about that. But I do think that at this point, you can't really let him fall any further. And that's why I'm not letting him fall any further. But I am worried about the shooting. I do think he's a better shooter than this, for sure. But is he a good shooter? Or is he, is he just an average shooter? And I think that's going to be really the, the tough decisions or the tough questions we have to ask about Johnny Kaminga. Now, I'm going really slow through this mock draft. So now that we're up to pick number 10, let's pick up the pace a little bit. At pick number 10. That's the first nine out of the way. You can see the recap there up on the board. At pick number 10, if my screen would respond, it is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are taking Franz Wagner, the 6'9 forward, 19 years of age from Michigan. Played two years in college. He shoots the ball pretty well. He's Mo Wagner's brother. He is not Mo Wagner. He is a very good perimeter defender. He's got some rim protecting ability. He can shoot very well, but he is very much a like, I am going to contribute in every area and do it all pretty well without doing anything very well. And that's what Wagner can do. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, who knows what's happening with Lonzo Ball. There's still a little bit of hole there on the wing, but if they go small and go Ingram four and Zion five, then Wagner comes at the three or the four, whatever. You can slide him in there. He can play that hybrid bench role. They were going with Najee Marshall a little bit and James Johnson a little bit this season. I think Wagner can develop into that as a good defender, interior and perimeter. A decent shooter and a good passer. Just a really, really solid player that I think would make a lot of sense there for the Pelicans at number 10. Number 11. Do you disagree? What do you disagree with with my top 10? First, we'll go through that and tell me what you think um, you're off or I'm off on or what you would do different there. At number 11, it is the Charlotte Hornets. They are up and they are picking the same guy that was in my first mock draft, and that is Usman Garuba, the 6'9 center from Real Madrid, already an elite-level defender, especially for his age over in Europe. Held up amazingly. He's probably never going to be a 32-minute-a-night guy, but 26, 27 minutes a night of a player. Think Jakob Pertl in terms of defensive impact. I'm not sure he can ever develop into a shooter, but he did hit half a three a game out of his four and a half points. Like That's not bad. Um, can be a rim protector, can guard on the perimeter. He's already a very, very good defensive guy who's low usage, could become a really nice pick-and-roll partner for LaMelo Ball. Um, eases some of that pressure on P.J. Washington. He's not particularly big, but he is a very good... You know, think Bam Adebayo's only 6'9", though. So not saying that Garuba is Bam Adebayo, of course, but he is a guy that can come in and provide elite-level defensive ability at the center position moving forward in the next couple of years and be at least passable as a rookie. So at number 11, I'm taking Usman Garuba out of Real Madrid, heading over there to the Charlotte Hornets with that selection. I'm not 100% convinced on this. There are other guys who I could consider at that position. I am probably going to be looking big man for Charlotte, but if there was a best case, like if, say, Kaminga fell, I'd still take him in that position, and I would consider uh, Wagner in that spot too. Now, this one, a guy that wasn't in my latest or my first mock draft, at number 12, the San Antonio Spurs are picking Roko Prokachin, the 18-year-old 6'9 forward from Sabona in Europe. Now, the big problem with him is shooting. So he's not a white guy shooter. He's not a European shooter. He's a European passer, 
who can play point center, point power forward, point small forward, who has really good athleticism and bounce. He's an okay defender. He probably lacks a little bit of strength, but averaged 13 points per game and was very, very impressive over in Europe this year. But the shooting is going to be the big concern for Brocation. The Spurs will let him develop. He won't play much in his first year. You know, they've got guys like Keldon Johnson who will step into that role, Devin Vassell. Luka Sharmanich might have an increased role this year, but Prokachin is a guy that can come in and be an interesting combo forward player who provides good peripheral shooting, sorry, good peripheral passing and initiation type skills for the Spurs on the wing there or at power forward at number 12. And his best position is probably going to be at the four overall in the NBA. But a guy that you need to do a little bit of research onto him to just have a look at what he is because he's not your stereotypical Euro. He's not a shooter. He's a passing big man with some pretty good athleticism and bounce, and that is someone worth paying attention to. Now, at pick number 13, it's the Indiana Pacers, and they're going to take Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Now, I had Jalen a lot higher in my last mock. I don't know what to read with him. The shooting is a real worry. Not only the fact that I don't know if he can hit him 63% from the, the free throw line. He was at 44% from three, but it's a minuscule amount of attempts. But what I worry about is the fact that he gets open shots and he passes them up. Now, defensively, I'm intrigued by it. 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks, decent rebounding. He's a very good passer, and he's going to sit there behind Sabonis and behind Turner. And if Turner gets traded, the idea would be, I assume, for him to, you know, in this scenario, slide in as a starting position. And that could happen. And as a power forward initiator type player, you know, I think there is some real intrigue in what he can do. But the shooting stuff is a real problem. The lack of a, you can, the, it's not quite Ben Simmons' hesitancy to shoot threes. Nobody is. But that's somewhat of a level of concern. And then there's some IQ and off-court stuff that you uh, do have to be a little bit worried about with Jalen Johnson. So he comes in there at number 13. We're getting ready to round out the lottery. Again, this show has gone on for way too long, so maybe we'll go pretty quickly through these uh, these last half of the draft. At number 14, the Golden State Warriors are back on the clock, and this time they are taking Davion Mitchell. Now, I am not convinced. He is small. He is old. I'm not convinced on the shooting. Didn't shoot well as a, as a junior. Terrible free throw shooter. He shot well this year. Very good defender, but he's 6'2". Like, can he be a useful enough defender at this level? I, I don't know. And I definitely don't have him as like a top 10 or top 7 guy. Like, Very rarely do these older players, undersized older players, you know, merit that sort of pick. You can look at it and go, well, he's going to shut guys down. Maybe. Like he did it in college. It's very different to doing it in the NBA. And if you're out there not being quite the defensive player that that we think you or some think you might be, and then you can't shoot, I'm a bit worried. Now, the assist numbers are nice. And I think it does make sense just to get another guard, another guy that maybe can shoot and can help defensively like a Kent Bazemore type player. For the Warriors, I think that makes a little bit of sense, but he's not a savior as some people seem to make him out to be. And I feel like, again, I, I tend to push back on these things that I don't believe in. It makes me think like I hate the bloke. Like I think he's fine. I just think expectations have to be more realistic for a guy that only really started to turn it up when he was a senior in college and the shot only fell for one year and, and, and he still couldn't hit his free throws. And all those things to me are a, uh, a pretty decent level of concern. 
At number 15, the Washington Wizards outside the lottery. They're taking Jaden Springer. Very good defensive guard. He is six foot four. He's only 18, so super young from Tennessee. He averaged three assists and 1.2 steals. Hit his free throws well, so there's some hope that the three-point shooting can perhaps come along. I've got more faith in him coming on as a shooter than I do with, say, a Scotty Barnes. So I do think that can come along. Decent size at 6'4", probably more of a combo guard, point guard shooting guard type guy. And the Wizards, their backup situation is Hal Neto and Ish Smith. And their other guards are Westbrook and Bill. None of those guys are guaranteed to be around long term. Can Springer be a lead guard on a good team? Probably not. Can he be a useful piece on a good team? Yeah, I think that's probably uh, fair to assume. And you've got him coming in there in the in the, at number 15 in this mock draft. So let's just recap the top 15. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see it there on the screen. You can see what the top 15 looks like. We've got Cade Cunningham going at one. We go Mobley at two, Jalen Green at three, Jalen Suggs at four, Moses Moody at five, Josh Giddy at six, Keon Johnson at seven, Scotty Barnes at eight, Jonathan Kaminga at nine, Franz Wagner at 10, Usman Garuba at 11, Roko Prokachin at 12, Jalen Johnson at 13, Davion Mitchell at 14, and Jaden Springer at 15. So now it's time for number 16. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they are taking Alperin Shengun, the 6'9 center from Besiktas, um, 18 years of age, Turkish League MVP. The stats are laughable. And by laughable, I mean laughably good. 19 and 9 as an 18-year-old starting in the Turkish League. He had 1.6 blocks, 1.3 steals. True shooting of 70%, usage of 27. He was unbelievably dominant. I worry a little bit about some of his defensive foibles, but he could very easily be a starting NBA center. Can he develop a shot? I worry about that. I think best case for him is Nikola Vucevic. Maybe Yusuf Nurkic. He's not quite the passer of those guys, but that can come. And realistically, I was debating having him at 11 to the Hornets, and I reckon he might come into discussions there. I could have had him anywhere, I think, from like nine onwards. I think Shen Goon has, look, he's super young, unbelievably productive in a very good league already. Uh, I think Shen Goon is going to be a really, really interesting player. Let's hope that it translates. But these numbers are almost unheard of. These are better than Nikola Jokic Europe numbers, Yusuf Nurkic Europe numbers, if it's a Zubac Europe numbers, much better. I think they're better than Nikola Vucevic's Europe numbers. So very, very intriguing to see what he's able to bring to the table. At number 17, the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's get some shooting in there, and let's go with Corey Kispert, the 6'7 forward out of Gonzaga. He is 22 years of age. He averaged 19 points on three threes per game. Shot the ball well. Now, I'm always going to be a little bit hesitant about these guys who start dominating in their senior year, but he was, he's was he been a good shooter all the way through, unlike Davion Mitchell. Not sure what else he's doing apart from shooting, but on a team where you know, you've got Morant out there, you've got Valanchunas, you've got Kyle Anderson, who are not great shooters. You're bringing him in with a Desmond Bain, De'Anthony Melton, second unit. Yeah, some really elite shooting, and then you can mix and match that in the starting lineup. And yeah, Kispert might go earlier than this. I, I don't think I'm going to push him up in the next mock. We'll see how that goes. And I could also see him falling into the 20s just with the age and probably the limitations in some of his skills or his role. But the shooting, I, I think, is genuinely elite, and he's possibly one of the best shooters in the entire draft. Well, he is one of the best. He's possibly the best shooter in the entire draft. I think that's probably a more um, a more fair designation or uh, approximation of uh, of what his skills are. Um, all right, so let's go on to pick number 18 now, and we're back to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
They're taking another flyer here. They At 6, they took Giddy. At 16, they took Shengun. At 18, they're taking JT Thor out of Auburn, a 6'10 forward who's still 18 years of age. He averaged 9.5 points with 1.4 blocks. That's where the real intrigue is. The shooting numbers aren't great, 55 true shooting, but I do think he can develop into a good shooter. Not a passer yet. I think that Paul Millsap is sort of a comparison we look at with Thor. It might not work out for him. It just it might not happen. But he is a guy that I think we can look at as a real upside play with some definite um, defensive ability and maybe some offensive upside there as well. All right, so on to the next selection. We're going at number 19 now. We're getting getting through this mock draft eventually. Uh, number 19 uh, selection coming out. Now we're getting, getting into these teams that are obviously a little bit stronger than some of the other ones. The Atlanta pick is really interesting, isn't it, when that comes up? At number 19, it is the New York Knicks. They've got two picks here, 19 and 21. And with this pick at number 19, I'm going to take Sharif Cooper from Auburn. Two Auburn guys back-to-back. Cooper, unbelievably high usage last season, unbelievably high assist numbers, absolutely a fantastic pass, a super flash, and we know the Knicks need a point guard. I don't think Quickly's long-term a point guard on this team, and I know that Peyton's not the answer long-term. Cooper might not be either. And the problem with him is, is the shot is terrible. Like The shooting is horrendous. But he draws free throws at an absolutely elite level, and he shoots free throws at an elite level. And he passes at an elite level, and he can handle high usage. And I do think that there is some real value in getting a guy like this in a dynamic scorer, a dynamic passer, a guy that can run things. Size is a real problem. He measured 6'4 at the combine. That's bullshit. He's maybe 5'11", 6'1 at most, most, right? That measurement was bullshit. But getting those assists and that ability to hit, get to the rim, I think is super important. And the Knicks, uh, yeah, they're taking Sharif Cooper here at number 19. So at number 20, it is the Atlanta Hawks. They're sandwiched in between the two Knicks picks. And I think they would have, I would have loved to have gotten Cooper for them, just like a guy that can help run things off the bench um, behind Trey Young. But at number 20, they're not having that ability to do that. They are taking Zaire Williams, who has fallen quite a bit since my first mock. Zaire had some real struggles in Sanford, but he's got that prototypical wing size. 6'8 forward from Stanford. He's 19 years of age. He shot horribly, 37 from the field. 80 from the line gives you some encouragement. 11 points per game. He hit a three per game. He just did not look right, and he had injuries, and there was COVID stuff, and Stanford was on the road. So a lot of things that were all over the place with him during this season. But that doesn't mean that he's going to get it all figured out for sure. And I have dropped him down because I'm just a little bit off on on where he is now after doing a little bit more research and talking to people about where Zaire sits. But he came into the season with a really high pedigree, but so did guys like Cam Reddish or Nasir Little. And hasn't really worked out for those guys in the NBA yet, has it? Um, I think Williams has some defensive pedigree also, or defensive upside there. And I just, the, the shot, it's going to be the shot and whether he can actually sort of yeah, focus in on, on what he needs to do on the court. But for the Hawks, they've got the Reddish, they've got Hunter there already, you've got your Bogdanoviches and Herders, and he's going to be able to sit there, play a limited role, um, and maybe you know get some of Solomon Hill's minutes if they move on from him as we move forward, but he's not someone they're going to have to rely upon um, significantly as a, a rookie, given yeah, where they are at the moment. At number 21, the New York Knicks are back on the clock, and they are taking uh, James Booknight. Worst name in the draft, because it's definitely not Booknight. It is absolutely Bonight or Boonight. Booknight is a horrendous pronunciation, but that's what he calls himself, so let's go with it. He's a 6'5 guard from UConn. Again, someone that people will get enamored with. Hey, he's a walking bucket. That's that's cool and all. 
And he was a really good scorer, 19 points per game. Um, you know, 55 true shooting, big usage, but he's not going to be that guy in the NBA, I don't think. I think there are absolutely concerns about where he can go. Now, I think he can do a little bit better in terms of ball handling and passing, and I don't think you ever want him to be your point guard, but just getting another... Another scoring option for what is a pretty bad defense. Another guard option for a team that's lacking in guards. Um, and a little bit more dynamism to this Knicks team that did struggle with that during this season. So I think yeah, Book Knight comes in there. Local guy as well, which yeah, we know they love their local guy last year with Obi Toppin. How well did that uh, How well did that work out for them? But yeah, Book Knight comes in there at number 21 for the Knicks for their second draft pick in the last three selections. Let's go on to pick number 22 now, the Los Angeles Lakers have this selection, and they are going to go guard as well. At 22, they're taking Trey Mann from Florida. Mann is a 6'4 guard. He's 20 years of age. He averaged two threes a game and 16 points. Pretty good shooting stuff. Just getting, again, who knows what's happening with Dennis Schroeder. Now, I wouldn't say they'd be drafting Mann and they'd slide him in as the starting point guard because that's probably not going to happen. But a guy that could come in and probably be a rotation piece pretty early on for the Lakers as a nice shooting guard option who can be a point guard, who can be a uh, shooting guard option for them. I do think there is some uh, validity to the, the Lakers drafting a guard with this selection uh, in the in the NBA draft. Okay, so man to the Lakers at number 22. Not that many picks left, so let's... Uh, Let's get into those ones. And what do you think of this little bunch bunch of uh, picks that we've uh, that we've gone through? How do you uh, how are you feeling there? What do you think is wrong or right, or what would you have done differently in this area of the selections? At number twenty three, the Houston Rockets they got back to back picks now. So at number twenty three, they're taking Kai Jones. Now Kai Jones is a six eleven power forward center out of Texas. He averaged nine points and five rebounds. What he is is he's more of a, a an athletic center, not the greatest defender. The rebound numbers aren't particularly good. He did come off the bench, but there's a ton of upside, a ton of athleticism in Jones. And again, they did take Mobley, but that's fine. Who cares? Like just take some upside plays and see what happens. Could Jones and Mobley perhaps play together? Could Jones, Mobley, and Wood be a three-man front court long-term? Could Jones just sit and do nothing for a year? Yeah. And that's what you're expecting at pick 23. Like just take a flyer on a guy with some athleticism, turns into a trade chip, Wood gets hurt, Wood wants out, Mobley busts, whatever. You take that flyer on someone here like a Kai Jones out of Texas. And then the Rockets are back on the clock again. They're at number 24. So they've got these back-to-back picks. They're obviously not their picks because they were shithouse, but these are picks they traded for. So I think one of them is a Portland pick. Uh, they've got there. I don't remember where the other one comes from, but anyway, doesn't matter. Pick number 24 is Cam Thomas from LSU. Now, just a guy that can come in and be a scorer. And that's what Thomas does. 23 points per game, 32 usage, hit his threes, doesn't really do anything else, but he's going to be a guy that gets shots. Now, with Kevin Porter there and really not much else happening in the backcourt, Porter can score, he can facilitate. Thomas, probably best case scenario is sixth man on a, absolute best case is sixth man on a playoff team, but they're not a playoff team. So he could come in and get a pretty big role initially, but there's still a real lot to work on for Thomas, but an absolute unabashed gunner, a guy that's going to get his shots up. He's going to hit a decent chunk of them as well. Um, Good free throw shooter, which is encouraging, 88% from the line. Size is a little bit of a concern at only 6'3", but just, again, taking some upside and, and shot creation ability, which is something that can be hard to find at times. Pick number 24, the LA Clippers. 
pick 25, sorry, the LA Clippers. They are going with Chris Duarte, a 6'6 guard from Oregon. He is old as shit. He's 24, but a very good shooter. A guy that can also play as a point guard, not a bad passer, and a really good defender. A 6'6 guard. Now, they're guards. We're talking Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. There's no absolute superstar in that group. And Beverly, Rondo, Jackson, they're all old. Duarte probably wouldn't play a big role initially, but could start to fill in for a Beverly role in a couple of years' time or in a year's time as a good three-point shooting, defensive, 3-and-D type point guard. I think that that's sort of where we can look at for Duarte, but just an elite shooter, a 66 true shooting for Oregon. He's been around, he's played junior college, um, and he's a guy that is, say, NBA ready. The shooting skills will be fine for him, although he did have a dip in his junior year as he had to adjust to the line, and that dipped, but then it recovered this year. So will there be a dip? most likely, as he enters the NBA and adjusts to NBA schemes and defenses and offenses, to be honest. So Chris Duarte goes at number 25 to the LA Clippers. I could make the argument that he could go to the Lakers up where that Trey Mann pick was at number 22. And remember, all these picks, they're so sort of squished in together around this range. So don't be... um. And things things will change and, and things will be different as, as we move forward, of course. At number 26, the Denver Nuggets. They are looking to me to get a guard, and that is... Bones Highland from VCU, a 6'3 guard, scorer with some def- really good defensive ability, hit his free throws well, 30 usage, 60 true shooting, some really good numbers. Now, we know that Will Barton, he could be up in the air as to where he goes. They traded away their young prospect in RJ Hampton at guard. Murray, the headmaster, still dealing with his ACL. Kambatsal's an older guy. Morris, I don't, I don't know. If you're relying upon these guys, not saying Highland's going to come in and be an immediate contributor to a very good team, but it just gives you some nice guard depth. There's a nice shooter, scorer, maybe some want some defense and some facilitation from a guy like Bones Highland to come in there and be pick number 26 to the Denver Nuggets, just adding to that guard depth, adding to that scoring and shooting depth, which all teams are always going to need. So Bonesy comes in there at number 26 for the Denver Nuggets. At number 27, it's the Brooklyn Nets, and they're going to go with a defensive-type prospect. At number 27, Greg Brown from Texas, the 6'9 forward who um, is athletic, can block some shots as a wing, a Derek Jones Jr.-type guy with a little bit better shooting, not a great shooter, but it did hit over 1-3 per game. And we know we don't need high-usage guys for the Nets, so just getting bodies in there that can be long, that can defend, that can disrupt. Maybe Greg Brown can be that in a couple of years' time. Maybe he could even contribute straight away. Probably can't. But maybe he could even be a guy that can come in and can contribute on this team in in little spots. Now, he's got a lot to work on for sure, and that's where we're at at this point of the draft. That's just what's going to happen. But I think Brown can make quite a bit of sense to the Nets there at pick number 27. We've got three more selections to go to finish off this first round of the uh, my second NBA mock draft. So let's move it on. Pick number 28, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the clock, and they are taking Trey Murphy III. Trey Murphy III is a seasoned player, I think three or four years in college, 21 years of age. He's a 6'9 guard, but he is an absolutely unbelievable shooter. Unbelievable shooter. 93% from the line, 67 true shooting, off movement, catch and shoot. Unbelievable stuff. Over two threes per game. Only 11 points, small role. You transfer from Rice. But a guy that, again, Furkan Korkmaz type replacement, just a wing shooter with size. 
and he can defend. What's not to like about getting Trey Murphy in there for Philadelphia? We know that's the sort of player they want if they don't trade Ben Simmons. You need shooting out there. And Murphy could easily be, whether it's Duarte, whether it's Kispert, Murphy could easily be the best shooter in this class. I don't think that's... I don't think that's a stretch at all. In fact, I'd say probably he is the best shooter in this class. But again, there is uh, a level of debate about that. At pick number 29, did this mock. I'm not happy with this pick, and I'm not sure he's going to stay there in the next one. That's uh, Joshy Christopher going to the Phoenix Suns out of Arizona State. 6'5 guard, 19 years of age. Again, just a bucket getter. Much like Cam Thomas, like James Booknight. It's the guy that's going to go out there and score. He had some concerns this year. Um, you worry a bit about some of the passing stuff with him, but... The scoring, it's there. Just a guard off the bench in that Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore role. You got you got Payne, you got Paul who'll probably be back. You got Booker, of course, and Christopher can just be a scoring guard off the bench that hopefully can get things together. And if he can't, oh well, it's pick twenty nine, and we're the Phoenix Suns, and we've been in the NBA Finals. And by the time we listen to this, they might be up or they might be down the finals because I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time. But Joshua Christopher goes there at number 29. And then the last pick in the first round is Utah, and they are taking Josh Christopher's teammate, Marcus Baglia, 684. Oops, that was that's the wrong thing. Didn't mean to do that. I've wrecked my own thing. My whole process was going so well up until now. Let's push it back over. Let's pretend you didn't see that on the on the YouTube as I'm you know, self-producing my videos. Um so number 30 is Marcus Bagley. Now, come on. It's got to, oh, that's so frustrating. Oh, he had it all perfect. Number 30, Marcus Bagley of Arizona State, the 6'8 forward, 19 years of age. Not he, he is Marvin Bagley's brother, but he's not. Much like Franz Wagner is Mo Wagner's brother. Both Marvin and Mo are big men, and both Marcus and Franz are wings, are shooting wings. And, and uh, Marcus Bagley, pretty good shooter. Injuries were a real problem for him this season. I'm not even sure that he can develop into a rotation player, but he's got some defensive upside. He's got some shooting upside. And the Jazz, you know, they're relying on guys like George Niang and Mia One coming off the bench. And I think Bagley's got a chance to at least challenge those sort of players in that area. Um, and, and that could be a uh, that could be an interesting selection, I think, to, uh, to, to make for them. But again, I'm not convinced he's going to remain there when I go to my next mock. So let's have a look at how this all looks across all 30 picks. Just a recap of those selections in my second mock draft. I really am interested to hear your thoughts. You don't have to be abusive about it, but you can tell me what you think is wrong or what you think is different. Again, this is still a really big work in progress. So let's go. Number one, Cade Cunningham. Two, Evan Mobley. Three, Jalen Green. Four, Jalen Suggs. Okay. Five, Moses Moody. Six, Josh Giddy. Seven, Keon Johnson. Eight, Scott Barnes. Nine, John Kaminga. Ten, Franz Wagner. Eleven, Usman Garuba. Twelve, Roko Prokacin. Thirteen, Jalen Johnson. Fourteen, Davion Mitchell. Fifteen, Jakey Stringer. I know it's Jaden, and I know it's Springer. 16 is Alperen Sengun. 17 is Corey Kispert. 18 is JT Thor, best name in it. Number 19, Sharif Cooper. Number 20, Zaire Williams. Number 21, James Booknight. Number 22, Trey Mann. Number 23, Kai Jones. 24, Cam Thomas. 25, Chris Duarte. 26, Bones Highland. 27, Greg Brown. 28, Trey Murphy, not Troy Murphy, Trey Murphy, number 29, Joshy Christopher, and number 30, Marcus Bagley. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. 
hit subscribe down there. Hit the notification bell. You know, just flick my little bell. Thumb me up while you're at it. Drop your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. 